What the hell is going on? It's your boy David Rush. Welcome back to the show. We are here, man. First time we are recording live. Shout out to everybody watching. Shout out to everybody tuned in. Make sure you visit winsonlylifestyle.com. Go get you some Wins Only merch. Support the station. Support the channel. Support the pod. Also, become a subscriber. Shout out to my subscribers so far. The first 15 subscribers to the podcast will get free Wins Only gear. Make sure you go and you subscribe and you get free merch and you're also helping the podcast continue to rock and roll. So thank you to everybody who subscribed already. By the time this goes out, maybe 15 already. If not, there's still slots to get free, free wins only merch. All right. So on today's episode, we are going to so this show is brought to you by Wins Only Lifestyle. Boom. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the road to transplant. A lot of you know I'm trying to get my second transplant. Got my first one in 2010. Failed me in 2017. Um, Had all my kidneys taken out in 2019 and been on dialysis ever since 2017. So going on six and a half years to the day that uh, I've been on dialysis. Okay, thank God for dialysis. Keeping me alive, still living on dialysis, still persevering, moving forward, inspiring, educating on dialysis. But I feel like it's time for me to get back to really living a fuller life with my family and children. My kids are getting older. You know, my wife, we want to do more things. And dialysis, though it be great, also has these things of holding you back a little bit. And I'm getting older. I'm 41. And I'm like, man, you know, I still have so much life to live, so many things to give. And I feel like if I'm off of treatment and can move around a little more freely, get some of that time back, we can do a lot of things with that. Now, transplant isn't a cure. But it is a way to, you know, have a little bit more time popping pills on the go and not having to hook up to a machine for three to four hours a day. So I can live with that. But shout out to all my dialysis patients. Shout out to all my dialysis technicians and everybody. And thank you to the inventors of dialysis for keeping me alive so long, honestly. Uh, so today I had a, a doctor's appointment. I went for my evaluation back in October. And um, I needed to get a echocardiogram and a uh, echocardiogram and a stress test done. So go get that done. Now I had that done before my last transplant, and end up being I had to go get me a heart catheter done because they thought they saw a blockage, and I had the thing it went through like my leg all the way up to my heart to check it. Ended up being a false positive, and it was really nothing. But they wanted to be sure. And also have like a little bit, my heart is a little bit larger than the normal heart. Well, you know, I'm bigger than your average bear. So it's, it's you know, pretty much thought that's how it's going to be. So, you know, when they called me to tell me I needed those things done, I went and got it done today. Same thing, deal with my heart, you know what I'm saying, being a little bit bigger. And, you know, my echo came back, which was good. But then my, um, my echo showed that. They put the dye in me, and I guess the color was coming back that one of the colors wasn't lighting up. So I have to get another heart catheter done this month. So for me, it's like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was trying to get through clean, not having to have any procedures done or any extra stuff done. I got to go see a liver doctor in a month. And it's like, you know, I got scared when I heard about the liver thing because a lot of you who knows know my mom passed from liver complications and, you know, I'm doing everything I can to take care of my liver. So knowing that I have some cirrhosis on the liver scared me a little bit, but 
it can't be that major because they haven't called me to come in right away. They gave me like a, a appointment like a month out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying not to trip about that. So the road to the transplant could be daunting. You know what I'm saying? It could really make you want to be like, all right, like, do I really need to do all this? Or like, is it worth me going through all this? Should I just stay and write out dialysis? You know what I'm saying? But it's like also, too, it's a testament to like, okay, at least you get to hear what's going on with you. I would hate to leave this earth and didn't do everything possible to stay here. You know, my biggest thing is always leaving my family and, you know, not, not, you know, like the wrong way. So it's like, at least I know I'm being proactive and I'm on top of things and I'm doing the right thing by going to get checked out and not just nixing it off. And I can't get a major surgery done if there is these complications with my heart. So I got to go get this stuff done. Even though it's like, when you do dialysis, it's like, that's what you do. And it's like, man, that's all I want to have to worry about. But it's so much more than that to get to that point. You know, luckily, I'm not on a lot of medications. My blood pressure is good. The doctor said my heart is strong. He doesn't see it being any big issue, but they got to make sure. Like, he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't make sure that I was getting checked out. So I got to commend him for that. And I know it's something I had done before. It's something that I really don't want to do again. But it's definitely something that needs to be done. And because of that reason, there's no reason for me to stop at this point and and just cut the whole thing out. That'll be senseless of me and that'll be selfish of me. So I'm really talking myself in. I'm really talking to myself right now because I know I have to get it done. Now, the liver doctor thing for me, on the other hand, is a little bit more scarier for me because of the whole history of my mom and her sister passing six years prior to that. But the fact of the matter of that is... I think it's something they just want to see because if it was really serious, I think they would have called me in immediately. So that's the positive of all that. I have that appointment coming up next month. So there's all these things that you got to get done before you even get considered for the list. Then there's my antibodies. The antibodies got to get looked at to make sure that I'm even eligible for the amount of kidneys in the world. Because because I had a transplant already, my antibodies are mixed with you know my brothers and that may have done something to where I'm not eligible to get every kidney from any person that may match me in blood type, which is AB positive. So that's another variable. There's so many moving parts. So that's when people try to throw you in a transplant. It's really more than them just, oh, let's just give them a kidney and life is better. It's not like that. It's like so many things that you can go through that you can fail at and then not even get the kidney. Because if the heart isn't good, I can't get a kidney. If the liver isn't good, I got to have a liver and a kidney transplant. And they're telling me if the heart really has a blockage, I got to get a stent. And if I don't, if it's worse than that, I got to get a bypass surgery and all this talk. Even though I know, like, I don't need all that. I'm praying that I don't. It's just like, man, you know, I just want to be able to jump the line, get the kidney and right off into the sunset. You know what I'm saying? But I know that's not reality. So I'm dealing with that the best I can. You know what I mean? I think pretty much what it's going to do for me is just let me know that I'm good. So when I go into transplant, I can be confident that my body is going to take well to whoever's kidney that I get. And it will allow me to just, you know, pretty much get a clean transplant and, and live again and live forever with the new one. You know, like that's the plan. Um so that's where we are, man. It's it's really like you got to consider all these things going into transplant. 
Shout out to all my donors out there that, you know, donate to the to people like me in the community. Shout out to all my kidney CKD warriors out there that are going through this with me. I know I'm not the only one that's dealing with these things. I know there's people who have a lot more things to do before they're even eligible for a transplant. So trust me, this is not me complaining. This is me just letting y'all know what I'm going through with with getting ready for a transplant. And, uh, you know, my pressure's good. My numbers look good. Everyone's telling me, you know, my body looks strong. It's just a matter of small, tedious things that they need to look at in order for me to be able to receive the transplant. Cool. You know what I mean? So prayers up for that, man. I'm, I'm really hoping that we can get this done. So the procedure for the heart catheter is going to be really different from when I got it done 10 years ago. Last time they went through like my groin area. I had to go all the way up from my leg up to my heart. And then when I was done, they kind of clamped my leg to stop it from bleeding for 45 minutes to an hour. And so that was like a really invasive surgery. I remember like going through that. It was crazy. This one is supposed to be more like going through your arm, through your wrist to your heart. And, you know, I, you know, my wife brought up a good point. I need to call my nephrologist and see if it's cool for them to mess with the left arm just in case I possibly will need, you know, another fistula in my left arm. Will this mess up my chances? God forbid I need another fistula later down the road. I'm hoping that it doesn't and that we can go. I feel I feel like they've done this enough that they know what it means and what it could do for the fistula or for the veins or whatever the case may be. But, hey, you never know, so we got to ask the question. So, they go through my arm, run up to the heart, and basically see if there's any blockages. They, they put a dye in me, and they basically follow the dye to see if there's any, like, blockage. And if there's not, I'll be out of there in a day. If there is, they'll put a stent there and try to balloon it right then and there and leave me in there for the night, overnight to evaluate. If it's bigger than that, then they got to do a surgery. And I ain't trying to hear none of the above. I'm trying to hear number one. Go in, nothing, get out, go home. That's what I want. And that's what we're going to believe is going to happen. Okay. I'm trying to get in there and get out. You know what I'm saying? Then have my liver, uh, have my liver thing. They see me and they tell me, ah, we're not worried. You're clear for transplant. I just, I'm just trying to get cleared for transplant so I could finally get that done. That is, that is the goal. That's where we're going. And I just got to stand firm on those things. You know, so I just wanted to make people aware of the road to transplant can definitely come with its bumps, bruises, curbs, obstacles that you're going to face. And it can be daunting on the mental because it's like, damn, I don't want to find out there's nothing else wrong with me because I'm already dealing with kidney failure. Now I have to worry about heart disease. Or, you know, whatever. Then I got to worry about liver disease. It's like, you don't want to, it's like, I don't have a lot of organs left and I don't want to have to be worrying about all of them. So that could be the daunting thing about going for a transplant. And I guess in any capacity of, of medicine or, you know, any type of transplant, heart, liver, you got to have this type of procedures done and you don't know what you're going to, you know, what you're going to get. So for me, it's like, this is part of the game. Unfortunately, it's something that I didn't want to deal with, but have to and respect the fact that, you know, these doctors are going the extra mile wanting me to be okay. And me being the type of patient I am, I'm going to be like, all right, cool. Let's get this done. That way I can feel confident going into this transplant. 
Do I have a donor yet? No. The donor conversation is a conversation I have to have after everything is ready to go. Trying to find a living donor for me is like talking to people and trying to say who wants to give me a kidney. For me, that's going to be probably the hardest part. I really do want a living donor. Do I have anyone in mind that I feel would be a great donor for me? No, I don't. There's people who have already told me they would donate their kidney to me. I appreciate that, but it's hard for me to say, yes, perfect. Let's set the date up. It don't work like that. But I am confident that when the time comes for me to have the conversation, God will put somebody in place for me and it it will definitely happen. You know what I mean? I'm not going to put to the side that, you know, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored and I know that and I say that humbly. So I know when the time is right, things will be put in place for me. And I feel like that's why I can't really get mad about these things that I'm going through because I feel like it's all part of the story. It's all part of what's supposed to happen. So I can't allow myself to be caught up in the emotional side of it of, man, you know, my life is whatever. Because this is just all part of the story. And I understand that and I see that and I may get upset or worried, stressed about it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I got to just let it fly because I know this is how it's meant to be. And I'm, I'm, a ride, I'm riding with that. So... Let's consider that when we're dealing with our patients, um, the road that it takes to get to these places. It's not as easy as it sounds. I know a lot of people think, you know, just getting a transplant, going in and getting one is a lot of steps. Um, Some people may not even be eligible for transplant. And so that's why you go through evaluations. And so that's where I'm at. I'm in the evaluation phase. I'm hoping that I can get through it clean, move on to the next steps. And get this this transplant going so that way, you know, we can live this life the way we want to live it for real. And really go hard into business and go hard into personal life and just, you know, live it up. So that's the plan and that's what I'm sticking with. And, you know, I'm I'm banking on that because that's I know that's what's promised to me. So I'm going with that. You know, there's no turning back. So anything I need to do to get to that point, I'm willing to do. I'm willing to do what I have to do. And I know that God won't steer me in the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man. Just wanted to keep y'all in tune with everything going on, man. It's your boy, David Rush. I appreciate y'all tapping in. Make sure you go check out winsonlylifestyle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, man. What the hell is going on? It's on all streaming platforms, on Apple Podcasts, on Buzzworthy, um, on everything. Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. You can go listen to season one and season two on what the hell is going on. We're starting season three. I got so much in store for y'all. I appreciate y'all, man. Keep rocking with me, your boy David Rush. What the hell is going on? Peace and love, y'all. And as always, you know. You know what's going on.